DJI ups the ante with consumer drone technology again. Thanks for tuning in to another Textination interview. I'm Fred Fishkin, and joining us is DJI Senior Communications Manager, Patrick Santucci. Appreciate you being here, Patrick. My pleasure. Thank you for the time. Well, the latest is an upgraded DJI Air 2S. Mm -hmm. Give us the overview of what's new here that drone enthusiasts will want to know about. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a year since we launched the Mavic Air 2, uh, just about a year. Um, so our product cycle is rather quick. Um, but this new Air 2S uh, answers a lot of the requests that we got from content creators uh, around the, the original Air 2. Uh, and essentially, I think the biggest components that we want to talk about is the large one-inch sensor. Um, so now this system uh, is ultra portable compared to our, our previous ones and uh, it offers 20 megapixel stills and it also can shoot up to 5.4K video at 30 frames per second. Um, so that's that's probably the biggest upgrade that people have been asking for. Um, so, you know, the last time we launched something with a one inch sensor was Mavic 2 Pro in 2018. So it's been it's been a while. Um, so now we're just offering a, a smaller form factor with, with similar image quality. Um, We've also added uh, upward sensors uh, compared to the one that we announced last year. Um, so I have one here, um, but you can actually see there's there's upward sensors on the top now. Um, so this way you have added protection against obstacle detection uh, if you're traveling up, um, or you know if you're under a tree, it'll it'll detect that kind of stuff now, which which is really useful. Um, other than that, we've got a bunch of pre-programmed modes in there. Like there's a new one called Master Shots, which is essentially um, a program where you select a scene and the drone is going to fly up, create this flight path automatically, capture some unique camera angles and video, uh, and come back to you with this, this cool little short clip called Master Shots. Um, you can go in as a user and, and, and adjust the template and theme and music uh, as you please. But uh, it's similar to the smart photo that we came out with uh, last year with this drone, um, where it kind of analyzed the scene for you and, and would capture content uh, and kind of get the best image quality possible out of it. Uh, it's a similar concept, but now it's kind of like a video format. Um, so it's pretty interesting. I highly recommend if you get your hands on this to, to give that a go. Yeah. For, for some consumers who may not be as accomplished uh, image wise, image taking wise as someone like you might be, what does the one inch sensor mean? What should they know? Yeah, um, so it, it comes down to physical size of the sensor is always going to get you better image quality. Um, so the bigger the sensor, the more um, uh, gathering of intel and data it can get from, from a scene. Uh, so if you look at some of our smaller like handheld systems or like the Mavic Mini 2, um, it's a one over 2.3 inch sensor. So it's, it's pretty small. Uh, it's actually smaller than, than some cell phone uh, sensors. Um, so, I mean, the physical size of the sensor is only go going to gather a limited amount of data and uh, um, from the scene, right? So the bigger sensor you get, uh, the more data you're going to get, and the better the image quality is going to be, the more clear it's going to be. Um, if you are someone that likes to print photos uh, and like hang them on your wall, or if you're going to use them for display of any sort, um, the bigger sensor means that if you're going to print something, uh, it's going to hold up, it's not going to get grainy, or it's not going to get fuzzy. Uh, the larger sensor is going to guarantee that uh, the image quality stands up. To, to being printed or if it needs to be viewed uh, on a large screen. So, um, so lots of benefits come with um, lots of benefits come with a bigger sensor. Uh, and when we compare it to the version that we came out with last year, which was a half inch sensor, um, this actually has three times uh, the the areas which gather the data are actually three times bigger than what we announced last year. Um, so that's just three times more data is being gathered per um, per pixel. Yeah. And pricing starts at about $1,000. So 
tell us who you feel the typical buyer is going to be. What's the market you're shooting for? Yeah, this is this is for someone, um, if you're going to buy the standard, uh, which is the drone RC, all the wires you need and one battery, that's $1,000. Um, there is a fly more combo, which comes with two extra batteries, a charging hub, ND filters, uh, which are good if you're shooting in bright, uh, bright uh, scenes, um, a carrying case. That's going to retail for $1,299. So it's a little bit more expensive. But if you're going to go out flying, a lot of people like to have the extra batteries because, like, you know, some people travel to go fly these. Um, you know, they're going to drive 20 minutes, 30 minutes. You know, a lot of people like the extra batteries, going to make it worth their time. Um, yeah, so there, those are the two different options. And this drone is really kind of like a high-end consumer drone. Um, so uh, it's it's more or less people that are, are familiar with camera technology or familiar with the drone technology uh, and want something that's a little bit more robust than like the minis uh, or, or the original Air 2. Like someone that's going to be a little bit more scrutinized or it's going to scrutinize the image quality a little bit more uh, or like require it to be a, a better quality than, than our previous drones. So uh, high-end consumers, you know, someone that's a little bit more fluent in drone and camera tech is probably going to going to be the the ideal uh, consumer for this product. For people who are relatively new to this anyway, what should they know about drone flying, particularly with with your models that have such great technology built in to sometimes protect us from ourselves? Yeah. What should they know about the ease of flying? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Uh, I, I teach a lot of people um, how to fly drones, and honestly, the, the biggest thing if you if you've never flown one of our drones, um, the biggest thing is that the drone hovers in place when you're not you're not messing with the joysticks. Uh, that is something that a lot of people don't don't realize is that the drone uh, our drones um, will hover in place thanks to GPS and also sensors on the bottom, uh, and that uh, that technology is it really it makes it less intimidating once you actually get out into the field with it. Um, but we have a ton of different safety features, um, everything from uh, in-app tutorials to get you up to speed on how to get the propellers on or, or where you can fly, where you can't fly. Um, we use geofencing, so uh, essentially using the GPS coordinates of the drone, it's going to say if you get too close to an airport, it's going to say, okay, you can't go in there, uh, or like sensitive places like prisons. It's going to say you can't fly into there, and you're going to the drone is going to physically stop moving once it entered, once it comes near that barrier. Um, so things to try and keep people out of trouble. And, you know, sometimes mistakes are made, especially if you're a novice. So um, these these kind of things really help, you know, mitigate the damage. Um, there's also things like an altitude lock. So based off of what uh, location you're in, um, the drone in the app is going to set the limit that is the government regulated height that you can go. Um, of course, you know, users with uh, special permission can always go in and adjust that. Uh, but out of the box, it's going to put that limit on there. Um, so all sorts of different features to just yeah, try and keep people uh, out of trouble the, be the best we can. Yeah. What are some of the other capabilities of, of this new drone? How fast can it go? And how long is the battery life? Yeah, so the battery life is 31 minutes. So it's a little bit less than the one from last year. And that's because you're gonna have a, a bigger camera on it. And you know, the added weight uh, is going to always affect um, the flight time. So the 31 minutes is the maximum flight time. So that's gonna really depend on how you fly too, uh, which is something a lot of people also need to take into consideration. If you're an aggressive flyer and you like to go really fast, um, that's of course gonna drain the battery quicker, right? Um, but also if you're gonna test that, also know that drones, the way that they're designed, um, they actually get more flight time when they're in motion versus hovering, um, which is some, an interesting aspect that, you know, because of the, their actual design and the aerodynamic um, design of the, the drone, um, if you're flying in motion, you're going to get more flight time than if you were just hovering in place. Um, the max speed 
an expert I don't know off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Um, but it's fast. That that I I've, I've watched the videos of this. Yeah. And it seems like it can it can move along. I mean, it's really I I don't know that you really design it for people to have it follow a vehicle and take videos that way, like in a James Bond movie or something along those lines. But obviously there are drones that can do that because they're doing it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Ours actually can do that quite well. Um, of course, we have different versions uh, of it, but we have things like Active Track, which, um, which, uh, so this drone doesn't have sensors on the side. So, um, you know, people need to be weary of, of, of testing these and, and, um, and doing the tracking uh, action. Um, there is an option to turn off sideways flying. Um, and this way, it's actually using the front sensors that actually have the obstacle detection sensors. Uh, but yeah, so if you're testing it, know that it does not have side sensors. So if you're tracking something, it will indeed track it, but make sure that you have sideways flying off because uh, it just can't see things if it's traveling sideways. Um, so we do have some drones that do detect uh, sideways obstacles. Um, this, this one is not one of them though. Um, but yeah, we have, we, have a, we have a thing called Focus Track. Uh, and what Focus Track is, is when you open up the app and you're flying in the air, right? You can select a subject like, a, like your dog, for instance, in your backyard. So what you do is you draw a box on your mobile phone uh, around the subject, and then you're gonna get this little prompt that says, uh, welcome to Focus Track, like which one do you wanna use? Um, so you have three different options. You have Active Track, which is really popular, and essentially that's gonna track the subject, um, and it's going to make sure it stays in the frame. Uh, you have Point of Interest, where essentially the drone is going, you're gonna drop a circle uh, or a dot where you want the drone to, to kind of hover around, and the drone is gonna kind of like circle around it. Uh, and then you have Spotlight, which is really cool. Spotlight used to be only in our really high-end drones, but Spotlight, you choose a subject, right? The drone is gonna keep the subject in the frame the entire time. However, you have free control over the drone uh, and its movement. So if you wanted to um, you know, start up right above it and go down and then shift to the right, um, the drone is going to use the gimbal to keep the subject in, folk, uh, in the center of the frame uh, while you manually control the movement of the drone. So you have all different types of tracking systems that, that are pretty unique for content creation. And um, I have to say Spotlight is probably one of the most useful ones. Um, it's just, uh, it just makes the whole, you know, keeping the subject in the center of the frame, uh, it just makes it so much easier if you're trying to, if you're on set or if you're doing some sort of project. Um, Your um, technology really makes it easy for people to get professional looking results. I mean, it's amazing what, what yeah. people can do. What have you seen during the pandemic? Patrick, has there been, you know, one might assume that, well, people are doing less traveling, maybe they're not out and about as, as much or haven't been over the last year. Has that affected the, the take up or do people have more time for a hobby like learning to fly a drone? Correct. Yes. Uh, we're actually seeing a lot of interest uh, increase. Um, there's a lot of people out there that purchased a drone uh, you know it's funny because I, I lived outside of Manhattan for for many many years and when this all started to go down I'd you know go out you know for a walk just to get out of the apartment and uh, I've never seen so many of our drones in the parks uh, I don't know if that's legal or not I don't think so but um, there was just a tremendous amount of drones and I had never seen that before and it seems like people had purchased a lot of these products over the years and you know maybe they didn't have time for it uh, you know, uh, in daily life, but uh, it seems like people are picking that hobby back up and saying, oh, it's something interesting I can learn and I've had a drone, so I might as well take advantage of it. So actually we've seen a, a big interest in content creation with drones. It's, it's a nice hobby to learn. Um, and also the same with our handheld gimbals too. People are, are vlogging their daily lives and uh, you know, they're, they're relying on our, our, our mobile phone stabilizers or our, or our pocket systems to, uh, to really capture that. So lots of interest uh, and it, it's, it's great. You know, it's nice to see people um, you know, pick up a hobby and, and, and be creative with the, the tools that's, 
that's kind of the whole point of this, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And the best place for folks to go, I think I know the answer, is where, Patrick? DJI.com. Patrick Santucci, thank you so much for taking the time with us. My pleasure. Thanks, Brett. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers. And that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC Skywave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.